0: Have you ever wanted to hear the audible voice of God? That sometimes you're just going through life and you're faced with a decision or a fork in the road and you're like, if only I could hear a voice from heaven and the clouds could come in and maybe this thunderous voice could just say, go, this is the way, walk ye in it. Then I would know the will of God. If if you were like me, then yeah, I've definitely had that desire as well. And I see that it's a common desire that we just think that for some reason it's going to be easier. It would be so much easier if God would just speak to us as he did in the Old Testament. Then we wouldn't have to be so uncertain or unclear as to what God's will is for your specific situation in your unique life. Well, I'm going to share with you today something that is even better than hearing the audible voice from God. But before we do that, let's look at a few examples in God's Word of people who did hear the voice of God, and let's see what the results were. Consider on Mount Sinai. Go back with me to Exodus chapter 20, where it says that God spake all these words saying, and then He repeated to the children of Israel the... the, Ten Commandments, by voice. They heard, the word of God said, that they trembled when they heard. And all of these, they heard God's will. Psalms 40 verse 8 says, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. So the law of God is the will of God. God specifically, verbally spoke what his will is to them, but did it profit them in in the the way that you and I think that it would. Because when Moses came down from the mountain, he had the tables of stone in his hands. What did he see the children of Israel doing? They were dancing around the golden calf. They were worshiping the gods of Egypt. They had already forgotten this man Moses, who apparently brought us out to kill us in the desert. And they were worshiping the jewelry, this golden calf that Aaron, representing the false prophet, had Then just graven for them. So even though they heard the audible voice of God, it wasn't enough. It wasn't what they needed in their experience to obey the will of God. It wasn't really what they needed. Go with me, fast forward a little bit to the time of the promised Messiah. John the Baptist is preaching in the wilderness. He is telling people repent from your sins, receive the remission of sins, come and be baptized. And then John sees Jesus of Nazareth, and he says, "Behold the Lamb of God, from whom the um, uh, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world." Then Jesus comes up, and he has this privilege as he's right getting ready to baptize this man who he said that I'm not worthy to loose his shoe. Then. The heavens departs, the clouds come, the sun is shining, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form as a dove rests upon his shoulder. You see this divine manifestation of the glory of God, and the audible voice of the Father from heaven says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Think of the Roman centurions, the kings, the rulers, the priests, the Sadducees, the Pharisees the Jewish magistrates, all of the the different classes of people who were there gathered, who witnessed with their own eyes this manifestation, this miracle, as well as the audible voice from God saying, This is the Christ. This is my Son. And yet, how many of those actually accepted Jesus as the Messiah. They heard the voice of God, but was it enough? No, it wasn't, friends. Often what we think we need, that if only we can hear an audible voice that God just telling us where to go, then it would be easier to follow His will. But there was another man, and I find this man very interesting. If we fast forward through the ministry of Jesus, we come to Matthew chapter 17, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, Peter is among them, and up on this mountain, and there they see Elijah and Moses transfigured in Christ, beaming like the sun, transfigured on the mount. And then you hear again this voice from heaven that says, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. It's kind of funny, because before that, uh, Peter, he saw Moses and Elijah, and he's like, Lord, it is good for us that we are here. We, we should make a tabernacle for Moses, tabernacle for Elijah. He's like, this is a good thing that we're here. And while he is speaking, that's when it's like the voice of the Father comes and interrupts, and it says, this is my beloved Son, hear ye him. It's like, Peter, stop talking. Listen. And again, Peter saw an eyewitness account of what would be a symbol of the second coming of Christ. Moses representing those who had died and were resurrected, going back to heaven, as Jude 1, 1, 1.9 says. And then Elijah representing those who would not see death, but would be translated to heaven without dying, as he was carried into, the, into heaven in the fiery chariot. So representing the two classes of people that would be saved in the last days, this is what, what Peter is referring to when we go into his letter in 1 Peter chapter 1. He mentions how he heard the voice. He was an eyewitness. We have not followed cunningly devised fables in verse 14. When we have made out known unto you the power of His coming. Peter is showing that He he was an eyewitness account. He heard the voice audibly of God. And then in verse 19, he says something really interesting. He says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, where you would do well, that you would take heed, that means listen, as unto a light that shines in the dark place, until the day dawn, which is Christ, and the day star, Arise in your hearts. Peter is saying we have a more sure word of prophecy. More sure than what, Peter? More sure than seeing an eyewitness accounts and audibly hearing the voice of the Father declaring His will. That prophecy, the word of God, is something that we can take heed or we can listen to that is gives us more certainty, more clarity that we need not guess at anything. You don't have to take it from me, but take it from a man who heard the voice of God. And he is saying to you and I that we need not look any further than being able to take the precious word of God. Because God's word, the Bible, is the voice of God speaking to our soul. I remember when I was really depressed, I was... I was playing lots of video games, I was distracted as a teenager. Age 16, I was going to college parties, and one day I just hit rock bottom. And I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I'm like, when was I the happiest? And I remembered, it was when I was on fire for Christ. I was like, what? If I had that, and I lost it, how can I get that again? I was sick and tired of just making all of these decisions and fumbling through life. It's like I was walking in darkness with the lights off. and I, have you ever like woken up in the middle of the night, maybe to go to the bathroom and, and there's like something in the middle of the floor and you just trip over it and you're like, oh. Or maybe you like smack your toe on, on, on a couch and you're like, ow, oh, and, and you're just hurting yourself because you're walking in darkness, not knowing where you're going. That's how I felt for much of my life. That I was making all these mistakes without counsel, without guidance. I grew up without a father. And so that a mentorship wasn't really there. And, and, I, and I desired that. I pled for it. I, I longed for hearing a voice that could say, Hey, this is the way. Walk in it. This is the way of life and happiness. This is the meaning. This is why you're here. But I lacked that purpose. I lacked that understanding, and I wanted it. But friends, when I put away those things... That were distracting, I, I I continued, I continued to seek after God, and I was saying, Lord, what must I do to have a relationship with you? And He told me two things. You've got to quit playing video games and you've got to change your friends. And I was like, What? And I realized I had nothing to lose and eternal life to gain. So I went home from that from that prayer and I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna jump in. I'm not going to dip my toe in the water. I'm going to cannonball in. I've already tried doing things my own way. Everything I've done is not working. My life is falling apart. My family hates me. My, uh, I, I don't have friends. These aren't real friends. As soon as the, the drugs and alcohol is, is not there, then they're not going to be there either. So I was just like, I've really got nothing to lose. I have nothing to offer except for my heart. And when I gave my heart to Christ, I said, well, if I'm not gonna be playing video games, then and if I'm gonna be a Christian, I got all this free time on my hand, I figured, well, might as well pick up the Bible and start reading. And so as I started to read, it's like it was answering so many questions. In God's word, I found a divine savior that satisfied all of my needs. The more I learned, the better my life got. I began finding answers to questions that I didn't even know that I had. I started spending time in His Word and studying and learning and being intentional with my devotions. And underst- When I was learning how to study the Bible, I'd have questions. And instead of, of being in darkness and just scraping my knees and hurting others and falling over furniture, I was now finally, it's like a light switch was just turned on. And now all of a sudden I could see and I was able to avoid those stumbling blocks and and walk around the furniture and not get hurt. I found God's Word to be the voice of God speaking to my soul. And each, the more that I got sin out of my life, the better my life would get because I realized sin is the reason for all the pain, misery, loss, death, and sorrow that we experience. So this was a transforming experience for me when I began to realize how God does speak to us. We serve a living God and a risen Savior. And at times we feel that God is not listening or He's not answering our prayers or He's not speaking to us. i want to challenge you, friends. It's not that God is silent. It's just that you have not been opening your Bibles when you open the Word of God, He will speak to you and He will show you great and mighty things which you know nothing about. And I'll tell you that there are some dangers. Here, here are some of the dangers and, and some of the reasons why Peter said, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. More sure than our own experience, our own senses, and than our own hearing. We can trust the word of God above all of this is because the word of God declares in the last days that there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that the Antichrist is going to come and he's going to share lying signs and wonders, working miracles to deceive those that dwell on the earth, to cause all that dwell on the earth to worship the beast in his image. So, all, not every supernatural event is from God. Because think about it. Satan is a supernatural being. He was an angel of light. Lucifer meant light bearers. So, his angels are, have power to work miracles. His angels can speak to us audibly the same way that heavenly angels can speak to us. So not every audible voice that we hear is from God. And if we're not aware of that, we may be praying and crying out for God to to audibly speak to us, and then Satan comes, and he whispers in our ear, Remember, it was Satan speaking through a talking serpent that deceived Eve into eating of that forbidden fruit, And it brought all this death, misery, and woe into the world in the first place. Spiritualism is finding truth, seeking for understanding and revelation outside of the Word of God. When we start looking for other ways that God is trying to speak to us through these manifestations, these miracles, these signs, these these audible voices, then you start opening up this can of of being able to find um, quote-unquote truth from all of these sources but the thing is Satan is using a many different uh, he has a medium he uses these to channel his thoughts his message his his um, ideas to us and this is where we start getting led astray In the last days, Jesus said in Matthew 24, take heed, listen, that you be not deceived. When his disciples ask, what's going to be the sign of your coming? What's going to be the signs of the end of the world when all these things take place? The first thing Jesus said is take heed that no man deceive you because deception in the last days would be so rampant that we need to have a faith that comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God, as Romans 10, 17 says, that the Word of God is the foundation of the faith of, of every believer and follower of Christ. As, as we take the Word of God, Isaiah t- eight twenty says, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this Word, it is because there is no light in them. I was just visiting with a family two days ago, and um, it, w- it, was a, it was a neighbor, and... As I was in her home, she was telling me of, of this story. She had me watch this video. This guy was sharing his experience of how he had gone to heaven and that Jesus was speaking to him. And Jesus was, was saying, My son, this is, this is how life works. This is how everything operates. And he walked him through heaven and he showed him all these things. And he had him, he, he said, You are going to go back. To Earth, I'm gonna send you to Earth. He's like, No, I don't want to go back to Earth. He said, I'm not sending you back to Earth for you. I'm sending you back so that for others, so that you can take what I have shown you, and you can communicate this to as many people as you can. And friends, what was said on that video was satanic. The the doctrines that were promoted were not biblical teachings. What this quote-unquote Jesus had spoken to this man was the complete opposite of what the Word of God, the very thing that God's Word warns us about. This is the message because this man has seen Jesus, had conversation with him, and had this glorious manifestation, this miracle experience. Now, he's on a mission to tell the whole world. And this was a message that was given to this preacher. That in the year 2020, there's going to be more manifestations. There's going to be a, a great revival. There's going to be... God, that this Jesus is going to be revealing himself to churches all around the world to create this great ecumenical gathering people together into this one world religion and I'm telling you friends this is exactly what the Word of God said would happen in 1st Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 it says some are going to depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils that as we start listening to these other sources outside of the Word of God. We're not proving all things holding fast that which is good. When we're willing to allow our experience, even a miracle, as being able to go to heaven and see Jesus and have conversation with Him and all the holy angels. We can't even trust an experience like that. Because that's exactly how the doctrines of devils start to find and get planted into our hearts and in our minds. And now this man is on a mission to communicate to all what he has seen and done. And this is how, this is one of the ways that is predicted that the Antichrist, and the word anti does not mean opposite or against Christ. The word anti means substitution or in place of Christ. It's a Christian, professing Christian entity, but it is not following the word of God. It's a counterfeit. If the devil can't get you with something really evil, he'll bring a counterfeit that will look so closely to the real that it'll be hard to distinguish. And the only way you'll be able to distinguish between the the counterfeit and the true is by the thus saith the Lord. In Luke chapter 16, Lazarus was sent to hell. And he was given, um, he was given this uh, experience where he was in Abraham's bosom, and the rich man, well, actually, the rich man was in hell, and the rich man was crying out. He's like, please help this, just, I want to taste a drop of water to touch my tongue, it's so hot here. And and God didn't give that to him. He said, you had good things while you were in earth, and Lazarus had bad things, now he has good things and you have bad things. And He's like, well, just please send someone, send a messenger and let me go back to at least warn my brothers, my family. Surely, if they would see me, I came from hell and I can warn them to change their ways while here on earth. And you know what Jesus said in Luke 16? If they had believed not Moses and the prophets, the word of God, neither would they be persuaded the one raised from the dead. God is not going to be giving us these experiences of going to hell and coming back or going to heaven and coming back and warning us of what needs to take place. Jesus himself in this parable, this allegory, was showing that this rich man represented the Pharisees who have the truth and Lazarus, who represented the world, who was seeking for greater understanding that the, the Jews needed to take the gospel to the world and not be selfish. When you read the whole context of Luke 16, Jesus is talking about stewardship, and it's in a series of parables, and it's not sh- literally explaining to us lessons of hell. It is telling us lessons of communicating the gospel to others. I'm telling you this, spiritualism is exactly how Satan is seeking to deceive the world and to get us to believe that we're hearing God's voice when it's really the voice of that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. And Christ said that he's not going to be raising people from the dead to tell you the truth. Why? Because he has given the law and the prophets. He's given Moses. He has given the Word of God. We have also a more sure word of prophecy that we can base our faith. And this is how God speaks to us in these last days. I'll tell you a testimony though. God speaks to us through His Word. And that Word can come to us and speak to us at very, very at the precious moments. Like a, a testimony I'll share that I was, I was going around, I was a teenager, and I was looking for, i just give my heart to Christ, I was looking for a bouquet of flowers, and I didn't want to go out and buy them, I was too cheap. And then I, I saw that I had some neighbors that had some, but I was like, hey, is, do neighbors like it when you pick their flowers? I don't know, I never had flowers. So I googled it, and it's like, yep, yeah, they don't like it when people pick their flowers. That's a no-no, I'm like, oh, okay. So what did I do? I grabbed my backpack, grabbed my longboard and some scissors and I started longboarding around the neighborhood and I'm going and lo and behold, there is a, a sidewalk with a big semi-truck on the road and there's this long fence along the sidewalk and then the fence goes into a house and it's got the garage. And then right, right by the fence in this dark alleyway that's created by this by the wall, the fence, and the semi truck, it's like nobody can see and nobody's home. And there's a rose bush. There's rose bushes here, beautiful flowers. And it just seemed like that would be the perfect place to snip some flowers. Nobody would know. So I go up there and I stop and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I, where am I going to get these flowers? And I was looking at the rose bush. I'm just like, okay, I could snip it here, and I have that stem. I could snip it here, get those flowers. And as I'm thinking about where I'm going to snip these roses, the verse starts going through my mind. If thou knowest to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If thou knowest to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. If thou knowest, and it just repeated, and I was like, wait a second. I realized that it was going on. I'm like, I don't want that in my mind. Why is that going through my mind? and I banished it away. And then it was almost as if an answer to my question. The next verse that goes through my mind is, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. And, w- and then I realized that was going through my mind and I realized God was answering my question through His word. That I had memorized the verse and because I hid the word of God in my heart, then in time of temptation, in time of great need for direction, in time of, of trial and test, that's when John 14, 26, God bring back to my remembrance what he had said to me. And he told me, I am, I am doing this so that you can overcome. And I put down my scissors And I went across the street to a different rose bush. I prayed to God for strength. I knocked on that door. I said, hey, I'm trying to make a rose bush. So you have roses. Do you mind if I could have some? Not only were they not offended, but they were more than happy. They were like, yes, I would love to help. You can take any roses that you want. And I was like, really? They said, yes. I'm like, okay. And then I grabbed a few. And I went down the street and I saw a beautiful garden of roses. That's all the guy had. And I knocked on his door, I said knock, knock, knock. I'm trying to put together a bouquet. I see you have roses, do you mind sharing? And he's like, why certainly, here, I'll grab some scissors. And he himself cut of the best roses he can find in his garden. He put it in my bouquet and he set me on my way. I was like, this is amazing. When we follow God's will for our life, that was way better than the measly thing that I was thinking of stealing. That God had something better. When we honor Him, we God honors us. And and my I, I share that with you because that was when I realized God does speak to us. He speaks to us through His word as we study what is intentional, as we're going through a trial and we and we study. These uh, promises relating to the specific challenge that we're experiencing—that's when He's able to bring to our remembrance, and we memorize these different verses, so that they can be recalled in time of temptation. So we are at that fork in the road, as I mentioned in the beginning of this video, that we're like, if only I can hear an audible voice from heaven telling us which way to go. God has spoken. Years in advance, He's given us principles that we can walk by, that we can live by, that we need not guess at anything, friends. I want you to know that the voice of duty is the voice of God. The voice of duty is the voice of God. And as we acquaint ourselves with the Word of God, He will show us more of His duty, of what our duty is, in these days that we're living in. So, in summary, I just want you to see that there has been been men who have heard audibly, but that wasn't what they needed. What they needed is the more sure word of prophecy. This is what Peter said will establish us. That when you open your Bible, you will find the Word of God speaking to your soul. And and God says to take heed because all of these deceptions and temptations and, and all of these lies that Satan has set as a trap before us in these last days, they have to be compared to the Word of God. If we follow the Word of God, we will not be led astray. And lastly, if you memorize the Word of God, then you will find that that memorized Word comes back to you in times when you need Him the most. It's not only when you open the Bible that He speaks to you, but His Word can come back to you as you look at nature, as you're faced with decisions. He he can recall in Memories Hall what He has said in His Word, but He's not going to speak contrary to this Word. These are the things that I would highly recommend. And friends, If it's your desire to better understand the Word of God, if you want to know how to study for yourself, how to be able to take the Word of God and and understand specific challenges and specific questions that you have, if you want to have an experience that God speaks to you personally, relevantly, and have your devotions become irresistibly interesting, I invite you to go to thearmyofyouth.com because on this website you will find training, you will find videos, you will find articles, things that will help equip you with the very practical things in your Christian experience. We've got training on this, we've got programs, and you'll definitely want to check out thearmyofyouth.com. Subscribe to the channel for more videos like this, and I'm going to share with you a scripture song that you can commit to memory that will help you when in times where you have to make a decision, these are some guiding principles that will allow you to know and understand the will of God. This comes from Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to sing verse 5 through 7. And we're going to sing verse 11 as well. The chorus is in verse 6. So Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, it says,
1: Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. My son, despise not the chasing of the Lord; neither be weary of his correction. In all thy ways. direct thy paths. This
0: is truly the safest and happiest place we can possibly be, is found in the will of God. And when you allow God to accept, to direct all of your paths, and you accept His plans for your life, you will experience a joy, you will experience a fulfillment, a peace, that the world cannot offer, that disobedience cannot enjoy, God has great things in store for your life. I truly believe it. And the more that you acquaint yourself with God's will for you in His Word, the greater joy that you'll be able to have and the greater experience of His glorious plan for your life that you'll see. Thank you so much for watching. I hope to see you more in, these, in the comment sections in the next videos and on thearmyofyouth.com. Have a great day, and God bless.